Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, two dudes talking sports. Well, wait, listen to those two clowns. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. It's a vibe, actually. Sound good? It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show! That's right, it beats being on the East Coast. Have you seen the weather reports, what's going on around New York and everything? They're getting pummeled with snow. We don't get too many opportunities to say that, but we do get to say this. Coming to you live from the corner of 6th and Market. Beautiful downtown, Kenton. Sure, it might be overcast. 39 degrees is better than snow. Yeah, I was out today walking Frankie, and we had some flurries, but then they disappeared, right? So I was like, okay, I was worried because of that nor'easter, I think is what they're calling it, right? I was worried we were going to start getting bombarded like they are uh, in New York and the surrounding areas. But nope, it disappeared. Frankie did his business. We came in, and life was good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how it makes you feel when you see somebody else getting it, and it's not us. just seems like we always, we're always, always a benefactor of lousy weather. I'm going to take it. Ha ha. Take that, New York. Yeah, so, Get everything uh, else. Enjoy, enjoy the cold weather there in New York, uh, but uh, the Cavaliers were ice cold last night. I know they scored 121, but, man, uh, they, they, I think they – I didn't watch it so you tell me. It was their fourth game in six nights – and they were at home, and no Joel Embiid, no Tobias Harris, so I think they thought they could just show up, and they'd find a way to win because they had won nine in a row. Is you that win, fair or You no? win nine in a row, and you're taking on a team like Philadelphia 76ers. Not going to say they're reeling, but we've always had problems with Tyrese Maxey. We've always yeah. had problems with Buddy Heald when he was at Indiana. You let these guys hang around, this is what happens. And it's no different than the football game we watched on Sunday. When you let someone like Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not comparing – those two guards, the Patrick Mahomes. But when you let a team like that hang around, odd things seem to happen. You had a presence in the middle. You didn't utilize it. Your shooting was off. They outshot you 54% to 48% end of story. Fourth quarter really wasn't that bad. I think they outscored you like 32 to 29. Uh, usually Cavaliers are much better in the second half. I think they need a loss like this, to be honest with you. That's not a bad way to look at it, right? To recalibrate things. We're not as good as we think we are. We can just show up whenever we want and turn the yeah. flip the switch and win the game. And you did it against a team that was minus its top two. Mm-hmm. Well, let me rephrase that. Two of its top four players. And so no, no reason to get too no. worried as long as they don't follow it up with another clunker tomorrow night against Chicago mm-hmm. and go into the break on a two-game losing streak. Come out tomorrow. Beat Chicago, handle your business, go into the all-star break with some momentum, and then you come out against Orlando at home. Yeah, it's just one of those games you're going to throw it away. I mean, I don't even know that they look back at the film because it just seemed like it was a little different rotation that we've seen from J.B. Bickerstaff this season. Sam Merrill only plays about nine minutes. Don't know if he got banged up or whatever. But I would think that you want your better shooters in in crunch Mm. time. They had a chance to win that game at the buzzer. And a layup with a couple of seconds left. Donovan Mitchell drives into the middle, throws up a crazy shot, gets it blocked, gets his own rebound, 
kicks it out to Darius Garland for a game winner. He misses it. I'm watching the replay right now. Absolutely wide open. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have asked for a better look off of a bad uh, you know, shot block and everything. And mm-hmm. Darius Garland just left it short. He it, short-armed it, man. That, he, that's it. Here's a problem. Do you have confidence in Darius Garland right now, or would you rather see Sam Merrill take that shot? He's not in the ball game, and I'm just saying, here's a guy that you've got. It's a former uh, all-star, yep. arguably one of your better players. He's healthy now. He's been healthy for a couple of weeks now. You expect him to maybe knock down that shot. You're not going to win every game winner. I get that. And the odds are it's a tough shot to make anyway. But if I need somebody to make that shot and I want my better shooters in, in crunch time, I want Sam Merrill. Am I wrong? Yes, and here's why. Sam Merrill doesn't make $37 million. Sam Merrill wasn't an all-star. Sam Merrill isn't a guy you're trying to get back to all-star level. You want to create the confidence for a Darius Garland in that situation. So you have to have your highest paid player out on the floor getting that look off of a broken play, and it just didn't go down. Who's a better shooter right now to win a ball game last night? Percentage-wise, I don't know. I have to look at it. Is it Merrill? You tell me if he's shooting a higher percentage. He's been playing more games. I have to imagine that if I want someone with a hot hand that's going to make a three uh, from all the games that I've watched, and I've watched them all this year, this dude is shooting lights out. We considered him maybe being in a three-point shooting contest. Nobody said anything about Darius Garland being in that thing, did they? No, you're right. 32.9% for Garland from beyond the arc and Sam Merrill shooting 44% mm-hmm. from beyond the arc. So you're, let me rephrase it this way or, or um, restate Kenny, it this it's way. All, who's hot, who's not? Darius no, Garland's no, no. going to return back to his form eventually, you have to imagine. But right now, Sam Merrill's your shooter, man. If this game actually was important right. and meant something, Gee. then maybe Merrill's in there, That's okay? Uh, in instead of Gar- Garland or along with Garland. Mm-hmm. You have these games to kind of play with. You're trying to get Garland going, mm-hmm. man, right? You're trying to fit him in. Yep. And imagine if he hits that, boosts his confidence. Now you wonder what mm-hmm. he's thinking after he misses that shot. He screamed, I saw the replay. He was mad at himself for missing such a wide-open look. Now, if you're Sam Merrill, you're probably sitting on the bench going, I knocked that shot down. <laughs> yeah, you're right. From that standpoint, you are absolutely right. right. But the reason that he wasn't in there is because they they realized mm-hmm. there's a long way to go and we've got to get Garland going and get him back into game shape and, and shooting shape. That's just it. But you don't want to lose to a team in the East, and especially even at 35 and 17. I've said it a million times. We have a football mentality when we root for our basketball and baseball team. But you have to realize it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. These These are long seasons. One game like that's not going to make or break your season. You're in a position to win it. But the problem here is the fact that the Cavaliers were an 11.5-point home favorite, and they let one slip away that even though they didn't play their best game, could have stole it. Well, tell me if I'm wrong. Weren't they down 10 points with like a minute and a mm-hmm. half left? Yeah. And they got a shot to either tie or win it. So they did mm-hmm. rally back. Again, thinking about we'll just flip the switch when we need to and we'll beat this uh, you know, shorthanded right. team. And they got a shot to do it. They just missed that shot. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that Mitchell drove to try and tie the game. Didn't settle for a mm-hmm. three at first. So I give him credit for driving. 
but they still got the look they wanted yeah. at the buzzer for a walk-off winner, and it came up short. Yeah, there's a silver lining to that game. That's it, that they were able to come back, and they never yeah. give up. So that's a good thing. And again, I mean, I'm just upset because I, I donated three hours of my night to watching that where I could have watched the replay of uh, either the Super Bowl or that's what I, I, did. I recorded Curb Your Enthusiasm, didn't watch it until after the Cavaliers game. If they're going to take the night off, why didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Want them to let you know right ahead of time. Hey, we're it, taking the night off. You can too, JT. It's still entertaining. Every night they play, it's it's a lot of fun. Whether they're burying a team or playing down to the level of their competition, it's still fun. It's still the Cavaliers. Let's face it, man. Football season's over, right? Officially, yes. Just is. I mean it. it it's never over in the NFL's eyes. They're, they're going to be you know, giving you things to talk about, but the last game has been played, so yes, oh, it's over. It's over in your eyes. You can't gamble on it anymore. I know. That sucks. What am I going to do? I'm looking for parlays now here. Uh, uh, and, and I got one for you. End, what? What do you got? I got one for you. What? I was thinking about this today. You're going to switch over to the NBA now, and I believe the Celtics play tonight. Okay. Celtics are at home. No, I'm sorry. Celtics on the road at Brooklyn. Giving eight and a half. I heard a statistic with the Boston Celtics that they are like 70% covering their first half lines. Really? At Brooklyn, they're probably okay. giving up what, then four and a half? Look at Something the, like that. Look for the first, first half line for the Celtics in Nets. Interesting. Where did you hear this stat at? That's uh, an interesting one. I cannot one. reveal my sources. I will Let tell you this. What I got. Go you ahead. used to have a store downtown where you go get the little yellow sheet. They don't have it anymore. The News Depot. <laughs> right. I love that thing. I used to listen. I used to get more losers from the gold sheet than anybody in town. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Yep. Uh, first half money line: uh, Celtics minus two eighty-five, Brooklyn plus two ten. So you want me to find what's um, the line? How many points? Um, um, here we go. First half spread. Here we mm-hmm. go. Uh, let's see. First half spread is, well, they have it broken down uh, from minus 13 and a half all the way down to plus two and a half. So if you want to make some money, uh, you, oh boy, you still got to give up nine and a half in the first half. You still have to give up nine really? and a half points to make positive month plus month, you know, plus 125. Nine and a half points for positive traction? Never mind. Forget about it. I thought it was going to be about a four-point spread. Uh, well, if you want even money, it's minus five and a half. No, so it's minus it. minus one ten. You got to give five and a half points to get minus one ten. So it's not a, a great value bet. See, usually when you take a look at the point spread and it's thirteen or eight or whatever, you you you, you divide it in half, yeah. and that's your half point. That's your halftime spread. You're telling me it's nine and a half at the first half. Well, it's nine and a half if you want plus money, okay? So if you're looking for value, if you, you can tease it up or down. If you want almost even money, minus 110, okay? I'm not looking for even money. I'm just looking for a, a, a pure point spread at halftime. They don't give one. Okay. They give you right. a range from plus 13 to, uh, or minus 13 and a half to plus two okay. and a half. So the closest thing to even money is five and a half points you're giving okay. if you're uh, you know, taking the Celtics. Um, so, but uh, on the money line, hey, we got to do our Giannino's Pizzeria yeah. proper parlay better the uh, week That's, a little later. Maybe we just look at the Celtics on the money line. Five overall. and a half. If it's five and a half at halftime, I'd be willing to do that if it were me. 
But, okay. you know, that's that's just me. I mean, I look at it this way. At 70%, you're lucky if you cover 40 to 50% of the Nobody, it's unheard of to cover 50% of the time. It's like a three-point shooter in the NBA. If they're shooting 40%, that's really good, right? Yeah. It's like in baseball. If a guy's hitting 300, that's really good, right? Yes, it is. You wouldn't take a line on a guy that's hitting 150 and expect him to go three for four or whatever during a game. If it's five points, I might be willing to do it five and a half. That's kind of tough. Yeah, that is uh, for the half. But um, we'll, we'll make a bet a little bit later on in the show. Somebody has a chance to win a $50 gift card to Giannino's Pizzeria. And, um, you know, courtesy of our proper parlay bet of the week, JT, the Milwaukee Bucks flexing their muscles last night, pick up a game on the Cavaliers in the standings. Cavs lose at home. Bucks destroy the Denver Nuggets last night. Mm. The defending champs get beat by Milwaukee. Milwaukee starting to play more defense under Doc Rivers. They've won two in a row and now only trail the Cavs by one game in the Central Division as Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. uh, with a huge night last night and 36 points, 18 rebounds. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's going to be a two-team battle for the Central Division Championship the rest of the way for the Cavaliers. Which is fine. It's still too early for me to be scoreboard watching. I just, 30 I, games I, left. I look at it this way. We're not even at the All-Star break yet. I just need to keep my guys healthy every night. You're going to drop a few on the way. And again, after a nine-game winning streak, let's face it, man, it's still the NBA. No matter who you're taking on, on a nightly basis, they're still some of the best players in the world, aren't they? And you expected a little bit of firepower with the Buddy Heald move to the 76ers. It's unfortunate. And I know a lot of guys were out there watching last night and said, damn, that guy sure would have looked good in wine and gold. Well, he's not. And you just have to face the storm, and you've got to play better at home. You have to protect this house. They didn't get it done. Come back, get a win tomorrow night. We're going to yeah. talk to Tim Alcorn about it. He called the game right here on WHBC last night. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the upcoming game Wednesday. And also, this first half, which is a little longer than a half, uh, how surprised he is by the fact that, uh, worst-case scenario, the Cavaliers – will be 36-17 and 17 That's amazing. at the All-Star break. You know, when you go through the first half of the season, you go on an eight-game winning streak and then back it up with a nine-game winning streak. That's amazing. And that's one of the reasons, when you look at the standings, why the Cavaliers right now are number two in the East. You don't get that way because at the beginning of December, I think December 15th, they were ninth. Yeah. That's when they were 13 and 12, right? So, I mean, even if they were three, four, or five, you'd still probably feel pretty good about this team considering the injuries we had at the beginning of the season. And you lost Donovan Mitchell, or I'm sorry, no, you did lose Donovan Mitchell at the beginning, but you also games, lost yeah. Darius Garland for a much longer period of time and Evan Mobley for a longer period of time as well. Mobley's starting to play well. It's going to be interesting to see how much stronger this kid can get. Tell me about him last night, because I see he only played 28 minutes. Are they still on a minutes restriction with I, him, or what was the deal? It, it was a really weird rotation, Kenny. I don't know, because you would have looked at this game last night and said, we could have had our way in the middle. But when right. you look at the statistics, Jared Allen still had 21 points. He goes for another double-double. I, I really don't know. I, I, Cavaliers have been shooting lights out from three. They didn't get it done last night, and I don't know if that – kind of messed with J.B. Bickerstaff's rotation, game plan, or whatever, but they didn't play the same way they've been playing. Because I, I thought for sure with Embiid out 
that they would pound the paint, right? And Dude. I thought Mobley and Allen both would have 20 points They combined night. for eight blocked shots last night. You, I would wow. have thought the same thing. You're going to bury that team in the paint. They didn't get it done. I think the 76ers had a lot of second-chance uh, second points. And okay. healed it in uh, Maxi were in Oubre was unbelievable. Oubre goes for 24. Heald goes for 24. Maxi goes for 22. And you want to compare points... Oh, okay. Donovan Mitchell has 36. Garland gets you 21 quiet points, but he misses the biggest shot of the night. Yep. I mean, you would have looked at it. You would have looked at the box score and said, you lost the game. Darius Garland didn't play bad. He had 21 points. He had a chance to, for the game winner. Jared Allen gets you 421, and Mobley gets you 14. You mentioned it at the beginning. You score 121 points. Maybe it was the defense. I also really believe, and these are things – I knew about covering the NBA, but I'm paying attention to more now that I'm betting on the NBA, okay? And that is this. Look at the schedule for February, right? Washington, Brooklyn, Toronto. They had three road games in four days. Mm -hmm. They get a day off, come home, and have to play Philadelphia. And you're looking at that roster thinking, okay, we can catch our breath here. We can just show up and win this thing. Mm -hmm. And that fourth game in six days, the first one at home after a uh, three-game road trip, those are little things you have to factor in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when you look at an 82-game schedule. Yep. They're at 52 games right now. They're 35-17, mm-hmm. and 17, so that means 30 games are left in the regular season to position themselves, hopefully, in one of the top four spots in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. so they get home court advantage in that uh, best-of-seven first-round series. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. So um, it, it was interesting – ESPN put out their halfway MVP vote today, okay, on ESPN+. Plus, uh, Nikola Jokic garnered the most votes at the halfway point uh, as he racked up 69 first-place votes. Second closest to uh, Jokic in the MVP vote at the halfway point, Shea Gilgis-Alexander mm-hmm. from OKC. He got 24 first-place votes, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, got two. So it's a two-man race between Jokic and Alexander. Donovan Mitchell came in eighth in the MVP voting here mm-hmm. at the halfway mark. Uh, he's behind the three I mentioned, along with uh, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Jason mm-hmm. Tatum, and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I don't understand the fact that... I Look, you can call it a small market all you want. When LeBron James was here, it wasn't small, was it? No. For this guy not to be getting any recognition whatsoever is a travesty in the NBA. He should at least be in the top five. I was thinking the same thing. I, okay, uh, the three that, that are one, two, and three, I get it. Four and five, Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. yeah, he puts up nice numbers, but the Cavs have a better record, right? Kawhi Leonard, yeah, based on what he's done in the past. I, mm-hmm. But Donovan Mitchell's playing as good as those guys are, mm-hmm. if not better. What it makes you wonder is this. You know, everybody wants to know what Donovan Mitchell's going to do. They have till the summertime and all of next season. We think they'll either try to work out some type of an extension. But if he plays right. this good and isn't even recognized in the top tier of players to be in the running for MVP, does he want to stay here? Well, that's the that's part of the problem of, the lore of New York, well, right? That, that's what I if mean. If he I mean, plays in New York, more people, more eyes are going to yeah. see him, and he'll get better consideration for some well, of these awards. Not only that, he'll get more votes as a starter in the uh, All-Star game, too, won't he? 
Well, he made it last year in Cleveland as a starter. I understand, but he didn't this year. And I'm wondering, because now that there's not any recognition as far as being in the running for MVP, it just, again, it just enhances that feeling of, hey, man, we're a small market. And they're not going to get the recognition for MVP and or a starter in the All-Star game unless you play in a bigger market. One of the things he must consider is this. Let's say you go to New York and you don't get it done. The scrutiny you will receive in New York, okay, will be 10 times as Mm -hmm. much as you get in Cleveland if you don't get it done. So money is going to be more in Cleveland. They can offer him more than New York can. The scrutiny will be more in New York. So Mm -hmm. what's most important to him? Is it money? Is it being on the best team? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, being the most popular player or Mm -hmm. one of them in the league? I don't don't know him well enough to have a feel for what he cares about the most. Only he knows that. Only he can answer that question. And you're right. I mean, we've heard that a billion times. And that's what small market minds think. Guy goes to Boston. Oh, the media. They're going to be all over him. Hey, man, when it's needed, we're all over these guys, too. Doesn't care what size the market is. If you don't play up to expectations, people are going to be rough on you. Ask Miles Garrett. Ask Deshaun Watson. Ask Frankie Lindor. I mean, anytime somebody doesn't give you their best, I don't care what market you're in. I don't care who the reporters are. I don't care if they're on ESPN or at 1480 WHBC. We're going to call you out when it's needed. But it doesn't reverberate like it does in bigger markets, right? We can call somebody out, and we're in the 135th market or whatever in Canton. Cleveland, I think, is 32nd. Uh, we're talking about, you know, top five market. And, boy, how many newspapers, how many websites, how mm-hmm. many blogs, how many TV stations. It, and then when you're in a bigger market, the national networks then pick up on yeah. it even more because more is expected of you yeah. in a New York or a Los Angeles. I would imagine, and the pressure is going to be tougher. Probably maybe they get more people that talk differently about them or want to chastise them when they're bad. But I'm telling you, I mean, what does pressure do? We know what pressure does. What does it do? <laughs> I'm going to burst those pipes. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate when you've got a guy that's balling out the way he has to not be recognized for what he's been doing. And you just hope in the, me- in the meantime, it doesn't affect him to the fact that he doesn't want to extend here, be here, or whatever. We'll uh, get through this year and see what happens. Remember this. They can offer him four years, $200 million, or $50 million a year. That's more than anybody else can offer him uh, this offseason. The good news about that is you've got an owner that's probably willing to do it, too. Oh, he's not thinking twice about it. He'll Mm -hmm. pay that. They didn't give up what they gave up for him to not keep him, right? Mm -hmm. So the the money is not an issue at all. They're willing to pay that Mm -hmm. to keep Donovan Mitchell. It's just a matter of does Mitchell want to stay here? And we'll, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I said, we'll see how far this team goes in the postseason this year, and that, too, will have an effect on his thinking uh, on whether or not he doesn't have to sign this offseason. Mm-hmm. He can still play right. through the rest of his contract mm-hmm. if he wants to, but if he wants to stabilize the organization, because isn't that what hurt the Cavs with LeBron? He'd sign a one- or a two-year deal, and guys wouldn't want to come here and play because mm-hmm. they didn't know how long he was going to be here. So if Donovan wants to win... Mm-hmm. And likes Cleveland, sign the contract because that will open up maybe the opportunity for some other guys to come here and play and be part of a winning organization. The with LeBron James was the fact that we constantly, I want to say, and I can't say this for sure, I don't know for sure, I should say, 
seemed as though LeBron James dictated what that team did and who they brought in. I don't see Donovan Mitchell doing the same. This team was here pretty much when they brought him in. And they haven't done much with the exception of Struess and Georgie Niang, which really wasn't that big of groundbreaking trades to bring in in the offseason to say that we're going to surround you with the talent you need. It was LeBron James and everybody else, with the exception of he came to a team the second time that already had some players on it. And then, obviously, we went for that big, big three with Kyrie and Kevin Love. But it seemed as though every time that wasn't enough to get you up over the hump, okay, let's go get this shooter. Let's go get this other big man. And they seemed to be cast off to me. Even uh, Corver didn't right. seem to be the great shooter that we thought he was before he got here. Maybe it's just because we have a sour taste in our mouth because we saw him in situations where he'd Ooh. have the biggest shot and he'd miss it. Kind of like, like what we're saying Garland. about Darius Garland. Yeah, yeah, and... and- Garland is a very good young player, not an all-star player this year, right? Been injured, gets injured a lot, is locked up for, what, four or five more years, 35 36 $37 million each of those years, right? He needs to start raising his game to the level of, well, you can count on him like you do Donovan Mitchell. You want to have two closers, so you don't care who gets the ball late in the game. And he had a chance to cement himself, right? as one of the closers for this team moving forward last night and misses a wide-open shot. It's only one game, but for that player, the level of confidence that you could have gained from that shot last night would have been extremely beneficial to him and the team. Now we got to wait to see when he gets another chance. Does he rise to the occasion? We'll talk all about that next with our good buddy, the one, the only. We call him Tootsie. You know him as Tim Alcorn, radio voice of the Cavaliers, joins us next on the Kenny and JT Show. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.